to the Startup Showdown podcast, where we discuss pitching, funding, and scaling startups. Join us as we interview winners, mentors, and judges of the monthly $120,000 pitch competition powered by Panoramic Ventures. We also discuss the latest updates in software, Web3, healthcare tech, fintech, and more. Now sit tight as we interview this week's guests and their journey through entrepreneurship. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Startup Showdown Podcast, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Panoramic Ventures. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Startup Showdown, we have Marcus Cooksey, and he is with Duke AI. Welcome, Marcus. Hello, Lee. How are you? I am doing well. I'm so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Duke AI. How are you serving folks? So we've created a virtual bot. And that virtual bot is responsible for processing documents, specifically in the kind of legacy mundane kind of world of transportation and logistics for applications such as payments, load order entry, bookkeeping and accounting and invoicing. So uh, how did you get into this line of work? What's your backstory? Uh, Backstory is my background is in computer science engineering. I was part of our automated driving, self-driving solution at a Fortune 500 company. I was building solutions for business in China and Taiwan, kind of growing that business there. But I also had a fleet of trucks. So I had five trucks that I was running at the same time. And I was fascinated with how archaic documents, processing payments was done at that time using humans before Duke was invented. And so I took kind of the vision based uh, learning that's needed for self-driving cars to apply that vision types of uh, machine learning uh, for reading documents and processing them uh, like a human would do it. Is this the first time uh, you've led a startup or were you always working kind of in a corporate setting or, or a technology startup setting, but not as the leader? Absolutely. So uh, in, even within working in the corporate setting, I've always were on kind of skunk work projects and so forth. So I led uh, a project that involved natural language processing. So it was one of the first, what they call digital assistance, voice activated digital assistance. But yeah, this was my first time with my own personal tech startup. Now my trucking business uh, could be considered a, a, a startup and as well, but in terms of technology, this is the first time. Oh, so your trucking business was kind of a side hustle for you? Yes, indeed. Yep. And that's where you kind of combine kind of your technology background with what you were doing boots on the ground with the trucking? Yes, absolutely. So I saw the inefficiencies in transportation and I became more fascinated with applying kind of what I knew around self-driving cars to create it in kind of this virtual bot that processes documents. Now, when you had the idea, uh, did you like how did you kind of get some traction or at least some clues that maybe this was a, a solution that could scale? Yeah, I needed to know that it was practical because I knew unlike, you know, self-driving cars, the, you know, the rules in, you know, vision-based applications with cars are kind of, you know, well-known, right? You know what a human looks like, uh, a vehicle, you know, lane markers. But in transportation, you could have thousands of different documents, formats, the orientations, all of those different things that makes processing a document difficult. I need to prove that it could work. So I did some little experimentation uh, at home on my own, did some prototyping, tested with a variety of different documents to see if I could actually at least extract the data and then do some contextualized learning and then pull out the key data 
when I was able to do that on a, across a few documents, I got confident that I could actually implement this and, and make this on, do it on a broader scale. Now, was it difficult um, when you attack a problem like this and you have kind of legacy businesses that have been doing things the way that we've always been doing that they're a lot of times hesitant to change? Was it difficult to open their mind to the possibility that you were offering? Absolutely. Uh, I remember being in a meeting and I told them that our virtual bot could process documents accurately nearly 99% of the time. And uh, he was very skeptical and pretty much uh, walked me out of the door, uh, you know, because he, he recognized how difficult the problem was and he was a little skeptical. I think most people, you know, in this industry, maybe it's just because of just their, you know, their backgrounds or understanding, you know, how hard the problem was. They were very skeptical. And, and so when you, you know, in this case, you, you actually have to do the proof in the pudding to, to really bring people on your side and make the believers. Now, when they're processing it kind of in a human way, uh, isn't kind of the errors and mistakes way more prevalent than your way? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, the attention span of a human to do some repetitive mundane task is very short. We, we don't realize it and, and we're prone to do errors on a regular basis. But I think it's like self-driving cars. You know, when I was doing that, people are, are hesitant of even you know, giving that control of a vehicle to a, uh, to a to a robot, even though we know humans are prone, you know, 90% of the errors or accidents are caused by humans. And the same would apply for, pro- uh, you know, processing documents, you know, the introduction of human error into the process. Now, um, how were you able to get kind of those first companies online to beta test and to even, you know, explore the possibilities of your solution? Yeah, fortunately, we... Even though the, the platform can scale to other applications on the enterprise size, fortunately, we had a, uh, an app. And so I think the app gives you a quicker way to connect with customers by having them to download it and experiment with it and then eventually become paid customers. So by having that app, it, it gave us the feedback loop that we needed that customers were interested or certain things were not working right and improvements we had to make versus having to go to a larger company and convince them to integrate this. So we we were able to get some test learning uh, through the mobile app we had. And then once they did that, they were getting more and more confident with your solution? Absolutely, right. So the mobile app does what you would say, the bookkeeping part, right? So now think about a trucker who's an owner-operator. He's on the road. He doesn't know anything about accounting. And so now he just connects to his bank account and uploads receipts or invoices or send them via email to our virtual bot. And it handles it like a human would. So it automatically categorizes it, generates charts of accounts, uh, generates reports, profit and loss statements without the driver even you know, changing and modifying anything. And so we had to refine that. But that learning taught us that we could have further applications beyond just the bookkeeping part. Right. And once they feel comfortable there, then it's easy to kind of nudge them into more and more adjacent services. Absolutely. So now, you know, we're offering other products such as invoicing. So now they see it on the bookkeeping side and they're like, okay, now you're doing something more serious like payments. Can this virtual bot now handle my payments in invoicing on my behalf and and doing all of the checks and aging and so forth? And so now they, they're gaining more confidence around its ability to handle payments as well. 
So now has this uh, startup evolved beyond kind of the side hustle and now this is your main gig uh, or did you, are you still kind of in two camps here? Oh, absolutely not. No, I, it's impossible for me to go for two, two camps. I am fully in. I've been fully in now for three years uh, and now we have employees <laughs> that work at the company. And so, yeah, I'm, I spend all of my time on Duke for the most part. So now as leading a, a tech company that you are, any kind of surprises or is it how you imagined? Oh, it didn't. It oh, So many surprises. You know, I, I tell people there's not a straight line in a startup. You, you envision it being a straight line, but it comes with a lot of curves. Uh, I wouldn't have known that COVID would have occurred. I couldn't have known that retaining employees, no matter you know, how smart they were, were going to be an easy thing to do. Uh, so we had to come up with clever ways to survive through all of these different situations, a competition for top talent, uh, you know, creating our own apprenticeship program to offset that. Uh, it's just been, I won't say it's been easy, but I have developed all types of survival skills that I didn't have before. Now, um, for a lot of founders, they have advisors and their mentors. Were you able to kind of benefit from that? Did you have advisors or mentors along the way? I, I've been very fortunate. That has been the difference maker. Uh, my co-founder, uh, Vishwana Puntagunta, came on with me. We were uh, colleagues at TI. He came to help me on the technical side. And then we brought in some other individuals that were friends of mine uh, You know, on the CFO side. And then along the way, as we participated in different events, networking events. You know, I brought on advisors who knew the industry, who could coach me well and help me, you know, identify key talent to help make our product even more robust and complete. And that has been significant, more so than sometimes the the sales or even money you raise, that advisor committee board is, is very pivotal, very important. Now, when you when you have the idea for uh, a service like this, did you know you were going to get a, a co-founder or was there something, was there part of you saying, hey, I think I can do this on my own? Or were you always saying, okay, I need a co-founder? And, and if so, how did you kind of go about choosing the co-founder you have? It, it's funny. We chose each other, my co-founder and I. And we didn't start the company until we both found, you know, until we both kind of chose each other, so to speak. We were at a launch in 2017. He was talking about what he was doing for his wife's medical practice. And I was talking about what I was attempting to do with my trucking company. And both of them were very similar. Him trying to automate documents around medical back office and me for transportation. And so once we agreed that we both had the same goals and objectives, we, we formed the, the company Duke AI. So I don't think I would have formed the company without a co-founder. And so when you were negotiating with a co-founder and getting kind of aligned on values and vision, can you share some advice on how to have those kind of, those conversations could be difficult and you have to kind of address things good and bad and ugly moving forward in a future that you're not aware of how it's going to play out. Absolutely. Fortunately, we had the same corporate um, values because we came from the same uh, company. So we, we had similar work values uh, in terms of our, 
you would say social values, even though we're from different uh, nationalities, he's from India, from the United States, our core values of believing in people and cultivating people, uh, we, we share that in common. And then the desire uh, to do something in, in AI that we shared in common in terms of passion and technology. So for, for me, I was fortunate that I didn't have to go shop with someone because I had a person within my network that I continued to talk with, even though we were in divergent types of applications of, of AI and data science, we were able to come together and settle on what we thought was, which was a trucking problem to be solved more so than the medical problem. And, and I think that that has paid off. It was, it's been a good bet. Now, uh, you mentioned the challenge of uh, attracting and acquiring talent. Um, was that difficult to kind of transfer your vision, dream, and the, you know, the, the monument you're trying to build to other people? Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about a very, very difficult uh, solution. The, the answers don't exist. There aren't any boxes that you can open up that tells you how to process documents, how to create workflows, how to do it across a cloud and, you know, how to do sales and marketing and draw. There's no books. And so as a first time founder in terms of tech, there were things I didn't know. Right. And I'm learning on the fly and the team doesn't know. Right. And so they have to believe that. Uh, and that's some of the challenges that the, that they had. Some of my team members couldn't trust the decisions that we're making and you know we ended up losing some some talent and so what we ended up uh doing that uh, lee is is coming up with another way because we always think about jobs being taken from ai and one of the things my co-founder and i challenged is challenged ourselves is is that you know why don't we go out and find people who are just hungry and let's train them around data science and ai and we found that to be a better pipeline than, than trying to go find someone who works at Facebook or, or Google, uh, like we were doing uh, before, and, and cultivating those individuals. So you're kind of growing your own talent. Yes. And that comes with challenges as well, because now it's the same thing. They don't quite understand. They've never been on projects, uh, certain projects that you know my co-founder and I have had. But you, we could, we've learned that it's possible to cultivate uh, individuals um, and groom them, uh, you know, kind of within the, both in the culture as well as the technical skills they need. Right. And in a lot of industries, they tra- uh, you know, they hire for attitude and train for skills. Yes, absolutely. So um, how did you hear about Startup Showdown and Panoramic Ventures? Uh, you can call me a uh, fan of uh, Paul Judge. <laughs> I have uh, been been watching his activities both on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and I was part of the Tech Square Lab pitch event, you know, some years ago back in 2019 when he was, I don't know if he was, if he's still managing it, but at that time he was a director or he was involved there. And, and so I continued to, you know, observe him. And so when the opportunity came, uh, I, I applied for the startup showdown that they had in Austin. And then uh, what part of that experience was most beneficial? Uh, it was the mentor session that was really good. Uh, I had one particular mentor. She really broke down and asked some good questions on my pitch deck, and I revised it. Uh, she didn't quite know who were, who were my customers. It, it wasn't apparent. And really, we had two customer bases, both the small businesses and enterprise banks. But it wasn't clear. 
And it was a simple change into a, in, on one slide that actually identified both. And I think that story was able to resonate with, um, you know, even with the judges because they could see that we're, we basically have a symbiotic growth between two customers. It's not limited to one. And so that feedback she gave me, I think, really set the stage for really defining, you know, who our customers were and, and how we were targeted. So what's next? Um, you know, what can we do to help? Yeah, I mean, at this moment, I always tell people we built the engine. Right now, we're building the assembly line. We want to get document processing into the hands of big carriers, uh, banks in the uh, transportation industry, uh, software platforms. We are a platform that plugs in and integrates into any solution. And so we just now need the assembly line, which is the sales. You know, we model ourselves after Plaid. They, they have this quick, easy way to be able to download their SDKs, their apps and so forth and, and, and quickly develop. And that's kind of the vision that we have, too, is because in transportation, there's a lot of cost associated with operational costs. Um, you know, of course, fuel is one of them today. And so what we offer is the ability to reduce operational costs, create, create cash flow while also giving business insight. And that's, a, I think, a new compelling uh, solution or vision. I wouldn't even say vision. It's just a new way, a new paradigm that we're introducing into trans- in transportation. So we just want to get this disseminated to everyone uh, in the industry. And any advice for uh, a founder of a startup that's like you, that's trying to kind of go into a world that has a legacy way of doing things and you're really kind of trying to disrupt it, any advice for that person on how to frame their offering in a way that allows people to open their mind to it? Yeah. Trucking is tribal, and I didn't understand that at first. So you must understand the tribal nature of whatever industry you're going through. So there's, there's I won't use the word gatekeepers, but understand the culture, right? And it's not even just your product. What concerns the customer? And it's not even the product that you're offering. It could be the fact that the restrooms that they go to or the gas stations that they go to or they can't find parking are issues. Understand everything about the industry, not just the small part you're solving. And now that makes you more credible and, and uh, able to empathize with all aspects, right, of the business. So understand uh, that's the first thing I would say is really respect the tribal nature of the industry you're going into. And then to uh, be ready to pivot, right? You will pivot in some kind of way unless you're just fortunately fortunate. And so in order to pivot, you will need to have good advisors to help you to understand the, the other applications. So you need great advisors. You'll think you need money and you do, but advisors are really pivotal and critical. Yeah, and and to be able to discern uh, wh- who has the better connections and uh, advice within that money is an yes. important consideration. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, Marcus, uh, who is the ideal prospect for your service? Who do you want to meet more of? We like to meet more uh, banks that that pay uh, carriers, truckers. But we also like to work with other software services or software companies that service the the carriers, the truckers, to integrate 
Duke technology into their platforms. So if somebody wants to learn more about Duke, what is the website? What's the best way to get a hold of you or somebody on your team? If you want to learn more about the product, you just go to the website, duke.ai. Uh, we're on Instagram, Duke AI, Facebook, Duke AI. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Marcus Cooksey. And, uh, and in fact, on our website, we have a direct, uh, if you ever want to uh, schedule a meeting with someone from my team, we actually have a direct free scheduling. Uh, so somebody could you know, reach out to me if they have a question about starting a business or anything other than the app. Uh, they can find me uh, through those resources. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for sharing your story today, and congratulations on all the momentum you've got going on right now. Yeah, and thanks for uh, the Startup Showdown and Panoramic Ventures for believing in the vision that we have. Uh, we're, you know, like I said, I'm a fan of Paul Judge and everything that he's doing uh, in the tech scene, and so you know, I'm kind of, you know, sometimes you just need visionaries and you just watch them and model them. And so, you know, some of that is what I do is kind of, you know, watch what he does. And so I'm thankful for the opportunity and, and their belief in what we're doing uh, here at Duke AI. So thanks for having me, Aldi. Well, Marcus, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, sir. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Startup Showdown. As always, thanks for joining us. And don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Startup Showdown podcast so you get the latest episode as it drops wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more and apply to our next Startup Showdown pitch competition, visit showdown.vc. That's showdown.vc. All right, that's all for this week. Goodbye for now. Goodbye for now.